Radio Wave Lifestyle. This episode brought to you by NHP. We're about you and your heart health. September 29th is World Heart Day, and to tell us more about heart health and heart attacks, I have Dr. Mike Allison, a cardiologist at the Lady Prohamba Private Hospital. Hello, Dr. Allison. Hi. Hi. Good morning. The World Heart Federation is asking that for World Heart Day 2018, people make the promise to cook and eat more healthily, to do more exercise and encourage your children to be more active, to say no to smoking and to help your loved ones to stop. Why are these things so important to good heart health? Well, it's fundamental that uh, we try and maintain healthy arteries and it doesn't really matter if you're dealing with uh, the heart, the brain, or the, or the blood vessels supplying your legs. They all are predisposed to the same disease processes. And although uh, a lot of diseases can obviously lead to progression of cholesterol buildup, etc., there's a lot that we can do from a lifestyle point of view. So fundamental to that is cardiovascular exercise. And what we would recommend that people would, at bare minimum, go for a brisk walk on most days of the week for about 30 to 40 minutes. People should be huffing and puffing afterwards, having a bit of a sweat rather than just a leisurely stroll. We would encourage people to not smoke or if they are smokers to stop smoking because what smoking does is it changes the cholesterol into a type of cholesterol that's easily taken up into the the, the blood vessel wall. So those are, are, are some of the important lifestyle changes that we can institute. Hand in, in hand with that is also obviously monitoring weight gain. We do know that there is a correlation between a whole lot of comorbidities, so things such as diabetes and hypertension that are predisposed to people who gain weight around their tummies so the so-called car tie around your waist the adipose tissue or fat that's there is a is a metabolically active organ and it's important that we encourage people to try and get their weights down in that regard also from a blood pressure point of view and a general cardiovascular point of view we would recommend that people generally follow a low salt diet unfortunately a lot of food is fortified with common uh, uh, salt which is sodium chloride to improve the taste but that does push up blood pressures and that's a that's a major problem. So we would recommend that people don't add salt once their food is cooked and generally avoid a lot of processed foods and avoid eating huge amounts of things like biltong, dry horse, crisps that have got a, an excessive amount of salt. Can we dig a little bit deeper on some of those yeah. promises? You're talking about food there and, and some of the food to avoid, but what kind of foods are good for our heart and what kinds are known to be bad? The biggest risk of developing a narrowing of any artery is your LDL cholesterol, which is your bad cholesterol. And we know that although 70% of your cholesterol is genetically determined, we can manipulate your cholesterol levels with diet. Unfortunately, certain diet fads such as the the Banting diet, etc., which has promoted a a high-protein, high-saturated fat, low-carbohydrate, from a cardiovascular point of view, I don't think has done us any favors because the saturated fats are really what drives cholesterol buildup or atheroma in the blood vessel. And uh, recently, there's been a whole lot of reports coming out where, you know, it is a concern with increased saturated fat consumption. Uh, The incidence of coronary artery disease is is going to increase as well. So just getting back to a dietary point of view, we would say watch watch your dairy products, go for uh, lower lower fat milks, for instance, watch your cheeses. If you are eating red meat, try not eat the visible fat on the meat. Go for your leaner cuts. So obviously in Namibia, game meat is fabulous. Eat more fish and chicken. And, you know, 
from a personal point of view, I don't think the carbohydrates are, are, are the, the sort of terrible food group that they have been uh, tainted with. But what I would recommend is if you're eating carbohydrates, go for your, your lower GI carbohydrates because then you don't have those sugar spikes. So rather eat sweet potatoes rather than your, your regular potatoes, for instance. If you're eating rice, go for uh, some of the rices that isn't as, as refined because at the end of the day, if you look at one of the, the healthiest diets, they are the diets which uh, people from traditional hunter-gatherer societies have, have followed. And that's rich in fiber and uh, rich in fresh fruit and vegetables. So uh, I think getting back to basics is important. We've mentioned, and you touched on it slightly, but with smoking, people normally worry more about cancer, obviously, specifically lung cancer. But how can smoking actually negatively impact your heart health? From various points of view, obviously from, a, from the plumbing in the heart, it can lead to a blockage of the arteries. From a rhythm point of view, nicotine is a stimulant, so it can cause the heart to race or can unmask certain uh, predispositions to fast heart rhythms. What is important is that if people stop smoking, your risk will go down to that of a non-smoker two years after your last cigarette. So there's a lot to gain. Mm. We've got a basic idea, but perhaps you can help us understand in, in more detail what, what exactly is a heart attack and how does it happen? A heart attack is when an artery which runs on the outside of the heart becomes blocked suddenly. And the reason it causes pain is because you're not providing oxygenated blood to the area of heart muscle that that artery supplies. So obviously the, uh, the therapeutic modality of choice is to try and get that artery open. And that can be done in a, in a, in a cath lab, in a theater, where we go and put a, a catheter into the heart pass a wire down that artery, suck the clot out and possibly use a balloon or a stent to keep that artery open. If we don't have access to a cath lab, we can use certain medications which are called the lytics to try and break down the clot from a pharmacological point of view, but that's less predictable. So certainly the, 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 the sort of modality of choice to treat someone with a blocked artery would be to rush them into our cath lab and unblock the artery from a mechanical perspective. You mentioned pain, but what are some of the other signs and symptoms that you can look out for in yourself or someone else to know when it's a heart attack? So the classic pain of a heart attack is a, is a crushing central chest pain, often more towards the left-hand side. Pain that radiates into the left arm or shoulder or into the neck would be important. Associated with a, with a cold sweat, often nausea or vomiting. And, and prior to that, any pain that is brought on with exertion, so climbing stairs, climbing a hill, where you get a classic exertional chest pain, that heavy sensation in the chest brought on by, by exertion would be an important early warning sign that an artery may be narrowing down. And obviously in, in pain that then comes on and doesn't disappear when you stop exercising, you need to be concerned that that artery has blocked and remains blocked and need to seek medical attention as a matter of urgency. It should seem obvious, I mean, as the heart is, is that important, but it's said that 20% of patients who develop a heart attack die before they make the hospital. Why is this? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a bit of a tragedy often that the younger patients often when they, they block an artery are predisposed more to rhythm problems. So very often if you're a younger person, let's just say a 45-year-old in the context maybe of slightly high cholesterol and smoking, if you go from a, a 30 or 40% narrowing to a complete occlusion of that artery, that heart has not had any time to acclimatize. So very often what happens in that setting is that it's a, it's a dramatic 
static presentation and often they develop what we call certain malignant heart rhythms such as ventricular tachycardia or ventricular fibrillation and those rhythms themselves are what turns out to be the fatal event rather than massive destruction of heart muscle tissue. This is often distinct from the say 70 year old diabetic hypertensive who slowly narrows down an artery and they then go from say a 95% narrowing to a complete narrowing and often that heart is more forgiving because it's been used to a what we call an ischemic environment where recurrent bouts of angina have, have almost uh, prepared that muscle for the ultimate event when the, the, that artery is blocked. So uh, the presentations can be quite different, but a blocked artery, no matter what, remains a life-threatening uh, predicament. Obviously getting to hospital is key, but if you believe that you or someone you know is having a heart attack, is there anything you can do before that? Yes, there, there are. The first thing would be to, uh, you know, to lie down or certainly to sit. If the person is not allergic to aspirin, to take a loading dose of at least 300 milligrams of aspirin, ideally chewed. If you've got access to oxygen, then to put on some oxygen because that obviously improves oxygen supply to the rest of the body. And then obviously to, to get to your closest medical center as soon as possible. Let's look at best case scenario. The person gets to the hospital in time, they get treatment. What is life like after a heart attack? It all depends on how much residual damage there is to the, to the heart muscle. So if people come in uh, relatively early, often within the first two to three hours of, of blocking an artery, the chances of getting complete salvageability of that, that muscle are very good. But as soon as that artery has been blocked in excess of six hours, the, the recoverability is less predictable. And often then people are left with a big scar, we do have medicines that we give them that try and promote that scar from healing in a favorable way. Uh, we give drugs that uh, prevent what are caused, uh, called reverse remodeling. And there are certain devices that can, that can help people who have got uh, scars in their heart or predisposition to rhythms after having a, a heart attack. Some of those devices are sophisticated pacemakers which help with the pump function and some are so-called shock boxes which can deliver a shock or something called overdrive pacing if the patient's go out of rhythm and it's a life-threatening complication. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Ellison. Good. Pleasure. Radio Wave Lifestyle. Be an inspiration. This episode courtesy of NHP.